Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the La Liga podcast brought to you by La Liga News UK, presented by me, Alex Hammond, and my co-presenter, Regan Walsh. And we begin with a review of the La Liga action from this weekend. And we start with Deportivo de la Coruña's trip to the Anahueta, which was Cristobal Perallo's last, as they were smashed 5-0 by Real Sociedad, who got things going after 30 minutes through William Jose, after Juanmi's perfect pullback. Just past the hour mark, Asia Ilaramendi struck a sweet free kick from distance, which just evaded the gloves of Ruben Ivan. Sergio Canales rounded the keeper to grab his goal on the 75th minute. Aritz Elistondo bundled the ball into the back of the net from a corner seven minutes later. And finally, just before stoppage time, Sociedad pounced on Deportivo's lazy defending and Canales had an easy tap-in from a rebound. Sevilla's away record looked set for a turnaround last time out when they beat Espanyol 3-0 a few weeks ago. But Montella's men were run ragged at the Iperua Municipal as Eibar beat them 5-1. After one minute, Eibar were ahead through Kike after he powered down the wing and blasted the ball through Sergio Rico. Fifteen minutes later, Eibar's lead was doubled thanks to new signing Fabio Oriana. And then five minutes later, Sevilla were given a glimmer of hope as they were awarded a spot kick for handball, which was comfortably converted by Sarabia. But just past the half-hour mark, Ivan Ramis reinstated Eibar's two-goal advantage, thanks to a powerful close-range header. And then just past the hour mark, Oriana capitalised on some poor severe defending, rounded the keeper and slotted the ball home. But the best goal was saved till last, a beautiful free kick from Anait Arbia. Real Betis secured an impressive victory against Villarreal at the Estadio Benito Villamarín. Just past the half-hour mark, Villarreal's Daniele Bonera was sent for an early bath with a straight red card, after kicking Ruben Castro in the stomach. On the brink of half-time, Lucas Moron came up with a moronic strike which was struck perfectly into the inside side netting, past a helpless Sergio Asenjo. Moron doubled his tally six minutes past the hour mark with a flicked header, which fooled Asenjo who was already on the ground. Villarreal striker Carlos Baca made it 2-1 from the spot after Barragan brought down Sergio Leon in the box. After four minutes, Alaves were ahead after the ball was bundled into the back of the net by Alfonso Pedraza, and then ten minutes later, Munir slotted the ball into the net from a low cross from the right-hand side. Celta Vigo were piling the pressure on the Alaves defence and the goal, with chances falling to multiple players, including Danish winger Pionicisto, but it was Iago Aspas who got Vigo on the score sheet, although it came in the 91st minute as a consolation. A piece of individual brilliance from the Spaniard, as he showed his strength to hold of multiple defenders, his skill as he nutmegged Rodrigo Eli, and his composure to simply finesse the ball into the back of the net. Los Blancos were ahead after just 10 minutes through Sergio Ramos from a set-piece routine, but on the brink of half-time, Levante were level, after a good save from keeper Keylor Navas, but there was nothing he could do to prevent Emmanuel Boateng's well-placed rebound. Nine minutes from time, Isco seemed to have secured the victory for Madrid, after his shot deflected into the back of the net. But in the 90th minute, Giampolo Pezzini equalised for Levante after his shot got a strong touch from Keylor Navas, but the ball slowly rolled its way into the back of the net. The biggest game of the weekend for me saw Atletico Madrid host Valencia at the Wanderer Metropolitano on Sunday. 
The hosts had chances to close the gap to Barcelona and a game which was very open with the chances for either side, but both were poor in the final third and it wasn't until just before the hour mark when Diego Simeone's side took the lead for a beautiful finish from Angar Correa in what was definitely my goal of the week. Just minutes later, Atleti thought they had a second, but the goal was ruled out following a foul on Neto. Tabletop as Barcelona visited rivals Espanyol, hoping to keep up their unbeaten run in the league. However, it was Espanyol who went ahead first in the second half after a header from Gerard Moreno. Eight minutes from time, Barcelona levelled through a header from Gerard Piquet, indefinitely what the wettest game of the weekend, which was a major factor in the game as no side could find their footing. This result now means Ernesto Valverde is on the longest unbeaten run as Barca manager in the league, beating Pep Guardiola's previous best of 21. Sunday's early game saw Hatafe play host to Leganes. The home side had numerous chances to go ahead but couldn't find a way past Ivan Quella. Hatafe brought on new loan signing Loi Kremi in the second half, however the French striker couldn't find the net and so the points were shared at the Colosseum Alfonso Perez. At the Municipal de Montalivo, Girona welcomed 12th place Bilbao. Pablo Maffea was fouled early on and won a penalty, which Christian Stewani converted to give the home side the lead. Bilbao had a few chances to level but couldn't find a goal, and just past the hour mark, Stewani doubled his tally with a header at the far post, and that sealed all three points for Pablo Machine's side. And finally, on Monday night, it was a clash of at the bottom of the table as 19th place Las Palmas welcomed bottom side. Malaga to the Estadio Gran Canaria. Both sides had chances to take the lead in the first shot, uh, first half, but most shots was either past the post or over the bar, and it wasn't until the final minute of the second half when a goal was finally scored by Alan Halalovic after Malaga failed to clear the ball, which allowed Halalovic to chest the ball down and volley it into the bottom corner. This win means Las Palmas are closer to safety, but remain... Uh, 19th place on 17 points with Malaga a further 4 points behind them and now to recap the table after this weekend's results so at the top we still have Barcelona who have a 9 point lead over Atletico Madrid in 2nd 3rd it's Valencia 4th is Real Madrid 5th we have Villarreal 6th is Sevilla 7th is Ibar 8th is Celta Vigo 9th is Girona 10th Real Betis 11th Hatafe. 12th Leganes, 13th Athletic Bilbao, 14th Real Sociedad, 15th Espanyol, 16th Alaves, 17th Levante, and into the relegation zone is 18th Deportivo La Coruña, 19th Las Palmas, and at the bottom of the table is Malaga. <clears throat> and now for some La Liga related news, and we begin with a new appointment. We mentioned that uh, that Cristobal Parayo was sacked following their defeat against Sociedad, and he has been appointed. What well, Deportivo de la Coruña have appointed Clarence Seidorf, and he says he is relishing the challenge of helping the Galician side avoid relegation. Um, the former Real Sociedad manager Martin Lasarte was also linked with the role, but he was rejected, and the Dutch veteran was replaced but he hasn't had the best managerial record um he and he finished his playing career in 2014 mm. then he took a, a short-term role with uh, his former club milan in it- italy lasted just 22 days win percentage of 50 percent um and then he went to chinese side shenzhen um secured four wins in 14 games 
uh, before he was sacked. Um, and now his new challenge in Spain will see him take over Deportivo and they will face Betis next Monday evening hmm. um, before a visit to Alaves. So should we just do a like discussion about that? Yeah, so he may have had a he may be one of the best midfielders football has ever seen, but mm. one thing we can definitely confirm is that he's definitely not the best manager that we've seen. No, um I think it was a bit of a surprise for me really seeing him get the job considering other managers out there have had greater experience than uh Seidorf himself. I mean is he the right man for the job? I don't see him being it. I still see Deportivo struggling and I still see them going down. But um, I think it's just going to be one of those where he's going to be there for the rest of the season and uh, come the summer he'll leave no matter where they finish and uh, they'll appoint a new manager so they can set a new for the new season uh, in La Liga one two three, but I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would they appoint a manager with such little experience? Especially in the situation that they're in, you need a calm, a calm head who knows what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, an, ex- an experienced manager in that sort of um, situation, like the Sociedad manager, would have been. Maybe a better option with his experience, but yeah, yeah. Seidorf is a. Uh, Have they just gone for Seidorf because it's Seidorf? It's Clarence Seidorf, and not because of what he can actually offer as a manager. A bit like a um, a Tony Adams sort of situation, yeah. I could say. Um, just given him the job because it's of his prestige, yeah. Um, and then the next piece of news, um, Versalco, yes, the fullback. Um, he has signed. Um, well, it's only weeks since it seemed like he would be he'd leave after being frozen out of the side. But the mm. Croatian has been given a new contract until 2022. Um, so that's a four-year contract, keeping him at the Wanda Metropolitano. Um, and he's been quite impressive this season. Um, since mid-December, he's played 12 games and he's got three assists. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, very, very. Attacking-minded fullback, which I think that's what—that's something that um, Simeone does like. Simeone a lot. likes a lot. Yeah. Um, Juan Fran, he's getting a bit older, but a few years ago we would have seen him bombing down the uh, the flanks. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a good sign for Atletico that uh, they've tied him down, considering of like you said, he was frozen out of the team earlier on in the season. It means Simeone still trusts him and. Uh, it means that, like, if they can convince with this signing of a new contract for Vasco, I think it might see more players sign uh, contracts at Atletico, and uh, it means Simeone can start making like a. I know it's happened for a few years, but he can really mould into like his plan of a proper Atletico team and uh, closely challenge Barcelona. I mean, they've done all right this season in terms of challenging them for the league, but. They're still nine points behind them with just over, oh, I think, 16 games left in the season now. Mm. So, And I can't see Barcelona slipping up. It's also, um, and I think fans would have liked to see Griezmann sign a new contract but after what happened um, when he 
lashed out at the fans. Um, mm. I think he might not be the most popular figure in the Spanish capital right now. No, um, I think that was definitely the, one of the crazier things I've seen uh, recently. Was when he, he like there was no need for him to start playing or like tell the fans to shush. He clearly had the ball, and it was just I don't know. He just seemed really weird of Griezmann to do that. Whether it is because he didn't get a move in the summer and uh, he got told to wait until this summer because of the transfer ban, but in the same aspect of it, he came out last summer saying. I wanted to stay with Athletic because it would seem unfair if I left mm. during their ban. So I don't, I don't know whether it just seems really strange what he did there, though. It's not something that we see every weekend, that's for sure. Um, a name that has been linked a lot with a move to Real Madrid are goalkeepers. Um, mm. They whether they missed out or whether they rejected Kepa from Bilbao, we don't know. Um, apparently, it was a story of. Fiorentino Perez wanting him and Zidane not wanting him and then it fell through and then since then it's been all Courtois it's PSG Real Madrid who are really interested in the Chelsea keeper but he says that his heart is set on Madrid now he's we we are assuming he means Real Madrid because he did spend a long time with Atletico Madrid and and I think his days at Atletico Madrid made him what he is now yes definitely but Real Madrid on paper Mm. are one of the best sides in the world. So it's obvious that he'd want to sign for a club like that. I mean, mm. do you think he'd fit in, in La Liga, especially with um, Real Madrid already having Kilo Navas and also Kika Casilla as well? Um, I don't know whether he'd fit in with Real Madrid. He would definitely fit in uh, at La Liga. I mean, he's proven there after playing uh, three seasons on loan from Chelsea. But I don't... It's quite strange, this Real Madrid situation, because Kaylor Navas is actually a really good keeper. Seems a bit like a, not a panic buy, but just a sort of, they need to sign him in. I mean, Kaylor Navas is too good to sit on the bench week in, week out. It's it's a bit like a um, Barcelona when they had Bravo playing Liga games and then they had to Stegen playing cup matches. Yeah. Um, but it'd be a sh- I mean, I'm a huge fan of Kilo Navas. I think he's a great goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. Um, since seeing him at the World Cup uh, in 2014, mm. really impressive. And then, obviously, he got his deserved move to um, to Real Madrid. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but he might be frozen out. And it's not Courtois who does it, because no. Courtois says it's his heart that's there. But with uh, another goalkeeper... Um, Seems like his mind is already there because De Gea is apparently close to agreeing terms with Real Madrid. Um, this deal will never go away. No. It, 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 when was it the the whole fax uh, machine ordeal? Was it two years ago now? Twenty? No, I think it might have been twenty fifteen now. So, so, so three it's been years this summer. I so this summer we've had we've been hearing De Gea for about three years, yeah. and apparently he's close to agreeing terms with Madrid when he's hitting the best form at Man United. I mean, he's kept 15 clean sheets this season, so why on earth? I mean, Jose selects him every match, apart from uh, the cup matches that we, uh, against Yeovil the other week. But why would Mourinho sell him? He's got no need to sell him. He doesn't need to sell him. Whether We don't know what sort of transfer fees are being thrown around yeah. the keeper, but you'd have to think it's... I think... A- 
I'm sure, uh, I don't know how true this is, but uh, when I was reading about it recently, I think they were quoting in uh, mil- hundreds of millions, like I think it was close to 115 million, which I think personally is absolutely crazy amount of money for uh, a goalkeeper. I mean, yes, De Gea is one of the best uh, goalkeepers If not in the, the world. best. Well, yeah, I think this season he oh, is definitely. the best because... Um, <clears throat> Obviously, it's usually Neuer up there, but you can't say him because he's been injured uh, a lot of the mm-hmm. season. But I just, I'm struggling to understand. Is it because Kalor Navas makes mistakes in big games occasionally? I mean, is- every keeper makes mistakes in big games, but what we've seen with De Gea, especially in that game against Arsenal, is that he is a big game player and oh, he makes yeah, massive saves. Um and also, I think with Madrid's defence, you know, the likes of Ramos and mm. Varane protecting him, um, he might not be as busy as he is with United, but it definitely gives Madrid more of a chance of reinstating their power yeah. in La Liga. Um, <clears throat> talking, just before you move on, uh, I've found a story here. It was 130 million euros for De Gea, considering his contract is up. In a year's time, after this uh, season's finished, could be seeing a sort of Sanchez, sort of an Alexis Sanchez style, yeah, uh, like transfer. How, how he was like in the summer, he was apparently worth sixty million. Uh, City were ready to pay that, and then even though his contract's finished in like a year, but a hundred and thirty million, considering like not considering his age, because he's still got few years on Kalor Navas but for a player that's contract ends in a year longer I mean personally I can't see it happen I think the last bit of business that Man United and Real Madrid will do uh, for a while would have been that Angel Di Maria one I think after this De Gea move initially failed back in 2015 because of the so-called fax machine I think that's just disrupted um the relationship between Edward Wood and uh, Florentino Perez, so I can't see De Gea moving. Um, another player who's linked with the move from Madrid to United is an, a player that we've we've heard about for a while. Um, you know, even though Mourinho has said that he's not interested, you know, some pundits are saying that he is interested, and that player is um, Bale. Um, I don't see the need. For them to sign Bale, they've just signed Sanchez, and they've got players like Martial who are in form, Lingard who's you know finding his feet as well, yeah, uh, and then you've got also the the sort of the backups, the likes of Young yeah. and Mata as well, mm. um, and Bale with his injuries recently, although he has hit form recently, but his injuries I think he's past his best. Yeah, um, I th- again, it's another deal won't happen anytime soon. It won't happen at all. I'd, um, I think it's been one of them rumours ever since he joined Real Madrid. That mm-hmm. he's like, I feel like the day after he joined Real Madrid, he was linked with the move to Man United. Like it's at the time before he joined Madrid, I would have taken him at Man United before he joined them. But he's been too injury prone, and he even when he does have uh, a run of games, it's not consistent enough with what he has been able to do in the past. So I uh, just, I don't know, I don't think it's one that would come off, again, because of the relationship between Perez and Woodward. 
Okay. Um, so now for some small small news. Um, a Colombian player, Anderson Arroyo, has signed for Liverpool, and then he's been loaned out to Real Mallorca. Um, yeah. Is there much that we know about him at this point? Um, personally, I haven't heard of him uh, before. Uh, obviously, he must be good because of Liverpool signing him, and uh, when Liverpool sign players, they don't usually just do it because they're random. But um, I think he sh- could help Mallorca. I know he's only 18 years old, so... He probably won't do a lot, uh, but uh, it's still a good signing for them. And uh, hopefully he can do a lot in the... Uh, I think it's just the year loan he's there, so he's mm. there for the rest of this season and next season as well. Uh, speaking of loan moves, um, Carlos Baca uh, wants to make his uh, loan move uh, to Re- Villarreal mm. uh, permanent. I think that would be a good signing for Villarreal. Yeah, definitely. Um He's the type of player that they've, I feel like they've needed for a short while and I definitely think, although he is getting a bit of age now, I think what he's done in his time there has been really good. And um, yeah, I think if they can make that permanent in the summer, that's a very good move in the uh, right steps for Villarreal. He's, he's a player who emulates what they've had previously with the likes of Bakambu who mm. somehow they've they've let go. Yeah. Um he's now playing in uh, China, China. Yes. for Beijing Sinovo Guan football club. Um but I just think he was a great striker and I think he's just waste I think like yeah. like many players uh, wasting their career in China uh for financial um Financial benefits, which I which I can understand, but oh yeah, I mean just I know he's not uh, played in Spain, but Carlos Tevez was the main example. I mm-hmm. mean he was there for about six months, and he even he came out and said it was just a holiday for him. Exactly. So, I just I think it's got to a stage where like they'll spend maybe a year in there, get the crazy amount of money yeah. before he'll move somewhere else mm-hmm. for Cambu, like whether it's to the French League, the Turkish League. Yeah. I feel like one of them moves may be coming on up soon for him. But, um, yeah, I just I think moving to China is literally just for the big money bonus because of the, uh, much the clubs are willing to spend. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, back on backer, though, I do think it's if they can make that a permanent sign-in, uh, I think he can help with the progress of uh, Enes Unal as well in the future, considering he's only 20 years old. So he looks like he could be one for the future, and uh, hopefully Baka can help with uh, yeah, his definitely. progression. Um, Yeray Alvarez, the Athletic Bilbao centre-back, has made his um, return to the side after nine months mm-hmm. um, from following his uh, recovery from... Um, testicular cancer and um, he's spoken about how happy he is and I guess now for him it's just a case case of you know making the most out of football because it's especially for a player who's so young Mm. to have gone through this experience this experience will make him a stronger person stronger individual yeah definitely and it's such greatness to see uh, him come back after uh, cancer obviously uh, no matter what age you get I get it, it's a serious uh, thing. And uh, I've seen him come back and start uh, for Bilbao at the weekend. It was uh, very touching to see, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's also 
with Bilbao, I think, you know, it might be this with every club, but with Bilbao, there seems to be a certain, a really close bond between the players because they've known each other for such a long time. Because when you're at Bilbao, you tend to stay there for a while, yeah. obviously with their transfer policy. But I think Yurai has been there for many years with the likes of Adarith and mm. Martinez as well when he was, before he moved to Sociedad, um, and Kepo as well. Um, yeah. But no, that's very... Um, very touching and we hope that he's um, in the game and we hope he continues to play football for many, many years to come. Yes. Yeah. Um, and finally, a um, bit of Premier League. Um, Chelsea just lost 4-1 to Watford. A um, bit of a, sh- not a, a massive shock. Um, and it was um, a former La Liga um, manager taking on Conte and Danny Gracia. Yes. Um, and we might be seeing another former La Liga manager managing the Blues, um, Luis Enrique is amongst the candidates on the likes of Simeone, um, Hiddink and Carlos Ancelotti. Yeah. Um, I think out of the four of them, three of them have had La Liga experience. I think, yes, Ancelotti was in charge of Madrid. Madrid. Um, Simeone, Madrid, Madrid. Uh, currently. Atletico and Enrique uh, Barcelona. Mm. And um, Enrique Barcelona, obviously. Yeah. Um out of those three, which one do you think would suit? I would personally go for Simeone because I don't see because Enrique has he's been you know brought up with this sort of possession mm. sort of style, and I just don't think that's the sort of possession that's the style that Chelsea play. I think with someone like Simeone, I mean Simeone has always had a focal point in his teams. At the moment yeah. with Madrid, it's Griezmann. Yeah, um, and at Chelsea it would be Hazard. Well, and would he be there though? Because mm. obviously, excuse me, there's always the talk of him going to Real Madrid, and I think he will. Go, Hazard would actually go this summer, mm. but if he does to go, if he was to go, who would then be? Say, if Simeone was to come in, uh, who do you reckon the focal point would be around then? Mm. That's what I think. It could be bringing up a youngster, whether it's someone like Musonda or Loftus Cheek, you know, somewhat developed because. That's another thing that Simeone has done. And maybe, and even Enrique, they both trusted their academies yeah. and brought them up from the B team to the A team to play, you know, to play um, in the starting okay. 11. Yeah. I think the main thing, though, which, which is surprising, I think, with this uh, Luis Enrique talk, is none of this talk has come out of the English press. It's only been coming out in Spain. So, which is making me think, mm, is there any real truth into mm. it? I mean, there, there might well be, and uh, Conte could be leaving after this weekend's game against West Brom. But it seems too strange that no one in the English press is picking it up, apart from Spanish people. I feel like he may have been in contact with Chelsea and Abramovich recently mm-hmm. about possibly coming in at the end of the season. But I feel like it might be like one of these uh, people that know Enrique, like one of his entourages, has told the Spanish press to put it out there. And the English press is like, well... We'll have to wait and we'll see on that one. But I think yeah. Abramovich is definitely... Um, he won't hesitate to um, <coughs> sack Conte despite winning the title last season. No, definitely not. So uh, maybe in the near future we will see a move like that. So we now go to the Predictor League. Um, now... I must say, I've had a fall from grace. Um, first couple of weekends, I was top, and now I find myself 10th. Out of all people, though, La, uh, Las Palmas' uh, La, Las Palmas's 1-0 victory did give me uh, 
some points and there is some hope um, for this upcoming weekend. How did you get on? Yeah, I did all right. Um, There was a few results on Saturday where it was like, it just didn't seem to go my way. And I think by the end of Saturday's play, I think I had like one point in it. But uh, Sunday's fixtures definitely helped me out. And um, in our like uh, La Liga News UK uh, Predictor League, I'm joint fifth. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a good weekend this weekend with the games and uh, hopefully I can get on the rise. OK, so the upcoming games this weekend, Friday's game, Bilbao against Las Palmas. Uh, every time I watch Bilbao, I don't know what to expect. They didn't start Adarif, mm. which I think is a is complete madness considering he scores the majority of their goals. But yeah. at home, they tend to be better at home than away and I think with Inigo Martinez at the back, it might be a bit more secure. I'm going to go. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to go for a two-nil home victory. I've gone with the exact same, actually. Yeah, I feel, although Bilbao have been struggling a lot this season, I think they're going to be too strong for Las Palmas. So yeah, I've gone with a two-nil Bilbao win as well. Okay. Um, Saturday, 12 p.m. kickoff, Villarreal Alaves. Um, now, if Alaves were at home, I would have gone for a victory for Alaves because they tend to be a team who enjoy playing at home. But yeah. they're away against Villarreal, one of the uh, contenders for Europa and Champions League places. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 Villarreal victory. I've gone with a 3-1 Villarreal victory. I just think uh, Alaves on uh, the road this season haven't been too well. So I think uh, Villarreal are going to be too strong for them. So I've gone 3-1 there. Um, now this is a typical uh, uh, Malaga bottom of the table against second placed Atletico Madrid Yeah. now on paper this should be a walk in the park for Atletico Madrid but we know what the La Liga's like Yeah. Um, but I'm sticking with my gut and I'm going to go for a 3-0 uh, Madrid victory um, yeah I've gone with 2-0 Madrid victory I just think although it is La Liga and you never know what can happen I think uh Atletico are just going to be too strong for Malaga and it won't be as easy as people think it's going to be so that's why I've only gone with uh, 2-0 um, 5.30pm we've got Yaganes hosting Eibar I've gone for a draw 1-0 uh, I think this might be actually the one of the games of the weekend actually I think it's going to be definitely one of the surprising ones between the two sides I mean there's not many points between them uh, quick look at it 21, 21, 21, 21. Three points in between him, so I've gone with an Ibar two-one victory. Um, and then to round off the Saturday, we have Real Madrid hosting Real Sociedad. This is a game I'm looking forward to. I enjoy watching both sides, mm. um, and I think they they they're good at scoring goals. I'm going to go for a two-two draw. I mean, this season I'm hating predicting on Real Madrid because I feel like every time I try and give them a big win, it doesn't happen. And every time I go for like a small marginal win, they get a big win or they lose. And I'm just like, they're just so inconsistent. Or oh, it might just be my predictions are bad. Um, but this time I'm being fair for them. I'm thinking both teams are going to score and I've gone with a Madrid uh, 3-1 victory. OK, and then on Sunday at 11am, 11 11am's, 11 whenever I watch them on TV, tend to be a little bit um, unpredictable. Yes, um, exactly. Sevilla, Girona... Um, I'm going to go for just a, a narrow 1-0 victory for Sevilla. See, I think this, as well as the Leganas-Ibar match, this one will also be uh, 
the game of the weekend because of how close both sides are in the table. Uh, Sevilla occupying sixth and Girona in ninth. Um, I think it's going to be a very closely contested game uh, and I don't think there's going to be anything to separate the sides though. I've gone with a uh, 2-2 draw there. Um, Barcelona-Hitafe, uh, Barcelona 3-1 victory comfortable. They'll have been di- disappointed with a draw mm. against uh, their Catalan rivals and I think they'll bounce back, especially at home. The conditions are going to be much better than we saw this weekend. Definitely. Um, but I, I, yeah, I've gone 3-1. Um, I've gone with 3-0. Uh, <clears throat> I just think it's Barcelona are just going to be too good for Hetafe, and I just I think they've they've won the league. I think that's pretty much mm-hmm. confirmed, and uh, I just can't see them conceding at the back, considering how strong they've been. So that's why I've gone with three uh, 0 Um, Celta Vigo Espanol. Uh, Celta Vigo are a team I enjoy watching. Very attacking, Sisto, Aspas, and then you've got. Uh, <coughs> Vass uh, in the midfield controlling it all I'm going to go for a 2-0 th- uh, uh, Vigo, uh, Celta Vigo uh, again I've gone with uh, Vigo to win uh, 2-1 um, second to last the evening game on the Sunday we have Valencia hosting Levante um, I think Valencia will have been disappointed um, not picking up a draw at least against um, Madrid mm. Um and I think they're going to bounce back here. I'm going to go for a 3-1 home victory. I've um, gone 4-0 uh, Valencia. I just think they're going to be too strong for Levante. Um, and finally, we move to Sador's first game, which is um, Deportivo against Betis. Um, Betis have been a surprise package this season, I would say. Yeah, definitely. So um, I haven't expected it from them this season. I don't think many... many I don't think many have. I don't think many players, even themselves, are aware of uh, how well how well they've actually done. So yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a good game, and I've gone with a uh, Betis two-one win. I just can't see uh, Sadov picking up points just yet. Yeah, I've gone for a two-nil Betis win, so a clean sheet for them as well. Mm. Um, just before we finish, um, we've got the Copa del Rey games, the second leg tonight. Um, Sevilla versus Leganes is the one tonight. Uh, after the first leg, it was one-one, uh, which is a very good result for Leganes, uh, considering they were at home. But the away goal for Sevilla means they've got the advantage on the away goal rule. So, how do you see that one going? I think Sevilla will finish the job. Um, maybe not playing the 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 strongest team but I think they'll put out a couple of the the better players and I yeah. think it's going to be a comfortable home home draw her home win even yeah I'm going to agree with you there I think uh, Sevilla are just going to be too strong uh, whether they field a stronger like a stronger eleven or not I think they're just going to win that one and then uh, tomorrow we've got the second leg as well of Valencia uh, versus Barcelona Oof. Barcelona won the first tie at the Camp Nou one nil so uh, this should be a very cracking game. This will be a good game. Um, I think Valencia are going to go for it. I mean, Barcelona mm. as well, because they'll want to win as many trophies as they can in the period of time. Yeah. But I think Valencia are going to go out with a a no-fear sort of attitude. A sort of, okay, we'll just, we'll just you know, attack and we'll just enjoy yourselves, you know. Yeah. Because it... There's no expectation on Valencia to win the Copa del Rey. It's all on Barcelona. The pressure's yeah. on Barcelona for this one. Oh, definitely. I think 
as soon as uh, both Madrid's got knocked out of it, I think the pressure then was like, right, now they've out, now they're out of it. Barcelona, I think the whole press in Spain are going to say it's Barcelona's to win. And if they don't win it, I think it's going to be uh, a big shock. And I don't, it won't affect them too much because they've still got uh, the Champions League coming up. Uh, Couple of weeks couple of weeks time yeah not because they don't play next week they play the week after so um, but I'm going to go oh it's too hard to say I'm going to go 1-0 Valencia and it to go extra time I'm going to say 1-1 on the evening and Barcelona will progress uh, on goal difference Uh, also while we were just talking about the Champions League before by the time the next uh, La Liga News podcast is recorded we will be getting ready for the first game mm-hmm. um, which is on Wednesday which is uh, Real Madrid versus PSG that's one of the fixtures of the uh, the knockout stages that's for sure yeah definitely um, obviously the French side of me is saying PSG mm. the form they're showing in Liga and even though it is Liga and it's not the best in the world it's still you've still got to play well to yeah. win games they're doing that Neymar's on form yeah. um, they're resting the likes of Mbappe so he's fresh mm. um, and I just think those two and then you've got the others as well the Dani Alves Cavani, um, Cavani Verratti um, that is just, such a good squad just controlling it all I think and Madrid as well you know not playing so well in La Liga mm. um, I think PSG will will see it out on the evening and even on the fixture in general. Yeah, I am having to agree with you. I think PSG are just looking too strong uh, in all formats of the game and Real Madrid. Yes, they're usually different in the Champions League this season compared to what they have been in the league, but I think PSG are just going to be too strong for them. Um, I think that's all we've got time for. It's mm. been really enjoyable um, discussions, news. We look forward to... Um, Hosting it in a couple of weeks' time. I think next week it will be hosted by... Uh, Campbell and Co. should be back. And we'll be back in two weeks' time. So thank you. Thank you for listening and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you.